Hello and welcome into another episode of Damage Plan MMA Podcast, presented by Fierce Challenger Series 4. On today's show, we've got Zach Partridge, the COO and matchmaker of Fierce Fighting Championship. We chat about the upcoming card on March 18th at Clearfield High School, as well as how he landed his dream job with Fierce FC. For tickets, Head over to FierceFightingChampionship.com before this event sells out. You can also purchase the pay-per-view at that website if you were unable to attend. So without further ado, here is myself with Zach Partridge. And right now we are joined by none other than Zach Partridge, the COO and matchmaker of Fierce Fighting Championship. And Zach, we have an incredible card coming up this upcoming week. Can you tell us a little bit about it and what you're looking forward to? Yeah, I mean... Uh... I think I'm looking forward to the most the the overall talent that's on this card. Um, the 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 few challenger series that we've had, we've seen a lot of talent come from those. Um, Billy Kulu started at Challenger Series One. We've seen Johan Rubio make his pro debut on a on Challenger Series. Um, challenger Series Two, when we kind of switched to the high school venue and and tried that out, that was really fun. Um, I don't know. I just but I. I I feel like top to bottom, um, I feel like top to bottom, this might be the deepest talent pool that we've had top to bottom on a Challenger Series card um, of of known, of, of known fighters and what they're bringing. We've had a lot more debuters on other ones. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited, pretty excited for this, this card. I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about just your time with Fierce. I mean, you talk so much about the different fighters and, and things like that. But I mean, talking about you a little bit, you're almost a year into this thing. You've been doing this for just about a year, which is pretty crazy to think, but how fast has this year gone by and, and how did you kind of get into it? Well, I mean, that's how I got into it. I mean, I've, I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to work in sports. I've been, I've been a sports junkie my whole life. People that know me know like football, baseball, basketball, like, I mean, my dream job growing up was I wanted to play in the NFL, you know, or whatever. And then you then you realize, you know, the NFL is not super interested in, um, you know, six foot uh, white dudes that uh, can't run a, you know, four, three, 40 to play wide receivers. So, uh, no, so it, it's, uh, I, I, I don't know. I just always wanted to work in sports. And I was like, ah, oh, I, I, I wanted to be a, like, a scout or like a general manager or something work for a sports organization. And I looked into that and it's just really hard, but you know, I, then I, I, I found MMA and I started like six years ago. I, I signed up, I signed up at one hit MMA. Uh, it'll be six years ago in three weeks. And uh, you know, I fell in love with the sport. I I'm 34. It's like, I know that even when I, even when I won my, my, my first amateur title, I knew I wasn't going to make a career out of this, you know? I'm not going to the UFC. I'm not, I'm not like that, that ceiling just that ceiling really wasn't much higher than what I'd already done. You know, I, I might be able to take a couple pro fights or whatever, but really it's, I'm too old. There's, there's too, too many young killers. There's too many Cole Faust in the world. There's too many uh, Dietrich Jessup's that are young. There's too many Will Deans. There's too many Andrew Mickelson's, uh, Vili Kulu's. I mean, there's too many of those guys in the amateur ranks. That I mean, those, those are the guys that are that are going places. Um, David Kim, you know, like the, all those young kids. It's those are the guys, and uh, 
I, I, I just, I just know I, I'm, I'm, I believe in myself, but I'm, I'm realistic. And so I, I started shifting a couple of years ago, looking for opportunities to p- potentially work for promotions. Uh, grateful that we had the damage plan MMA podcast, uh, Jason Laporte and myself, um, that gave me a platform into, uh, Cody asking me eventually to, to do the, be the color commentator, you know, for fierce. And I kind of shared some of those things with him and, um, uh, I mean, there, there, there's a lot to it, but ultimately at the end of the day, I was weighing different options, even potentially looking at starting my own promotion and, and Cody believed in me and knows that I have a passion for the sport and asked me to just come run fierce. I mean, I, to, to kind of personalize this a little bit, it kind of is funny how Cody was to you as you were to me. You gave me a call. You gave me an opportunity. And now, you know, I'm kind of doing the podcast thing. I'm kind of doing the commentary thing. Uh, You're but, not kind of doing it. You're doing it. You're killing it. <laughs> but what's funny about that is, is I have so much gratitude for you. But but I kind of wanted to ask you a little bit about your gratitude for Cody. You always say that he gave you the keys to the Lamborghini and you got to ride it. You being here in this position almost a year in, how much does this opportunity and how much uh, weight is on your shoulders when you realize how big of an opportunity this is? Um, it's my dream job, man. I mean, run, running running a, a sports organization like Fierce, um, it, 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 it's my dream job. You know, I, I asked around and asked for opportunities. Um, Cody, Cody was the first one that jumped on it and he didn't just jump on it. Like he went all in with me and he's like, you're the guy. And he, he was looking at a cut. He knew that he couldn't keep doing what he was doing by himself with fierce. Um, I think I don't mean to speak out of turn. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. I think it's fair to say that fierce was very close to going away. If he couldn't find somebody else to at least support him and help him more or, or just take it over for the most part. And when I say take it over, I'm still talking to Cody pretty much on a daily basis asking his advice on stuff, um, getting his okay on stuff. He's very much still in the picture um, as far as that, as far as that stuff. But I mean, I, he, he lets me take it and run. I mean, there are cards where he doesn't really even know the matchups till they get posted online, you know, like, so he, he really put a lot of faith in me and gave me the green light to, to take it and run. And um, I, I, I appreciate that, you know, I mean, it, it feels good to, it feels, I, I think that the most thing that I appreciate, I think he felt like how genuinely I loved it. And I just wanted to do good for MMA in Utah. Um, I don't, I've had some people say some really nice things about me lately. They've reached out and say, Hey, you guys are doing a great job. You're, you know, you're giving a great venue to, you know, the pros to make so that the, a lot of the professional fighters don't have to leave the state to go fight. Um, we see that in boxing. We have a lot of, a lot of amateur boxing, like we don't have a ton of great boxing scene where amateurs can do their amateur and then pro careers here. A lot of them have to leave after a few fights, you know. Um, I just didn't want that to be Utah. Like we have too much good talent here in state. Like those guys deserve to have every opportunity to, to, to fight here in Utah. And I just appreciate that all the work that Cody's done to kind of get the ball rolling with that um, and have some more professional fighter heavy cards at the Maverick center. I don't think people fully understand how much work 
goes into putting on a show at a venue like the Maverick Center. I did, I certainly didn't till I I I we I got to peek behind the curtain and and see everything that goes behind it. Um, uh, it's made me give have a lot of respect for every promoter that I've ever criticized or rubbed shoulders with or whatever. That man, if you've been in the promoting game, it, it, it's a hard game, and uh, and I, I appreciate Cody doing it laying the groundwork um, and believing in me that I can do it. And I feel like we're doing it and we're doing it very well right now. When we just talk personally about where the promotion's going, where you want it to go, your dreams and aspirations of it, how big do you think and how big do you want this thing to go? I know you have big plans, but, but really how big, if you can kind of peel back the curtain a little bit for the audience. How big do you think that Fierce can get? I don't know how much I want to say. Uh, I might sound crazy um, with it. Um, I I look around, I keep, I, I mean, you know, I, I I watch a lot of MMA. I, I watch a lot of Fight Pass. I, I watch other shows. I, I, I enjoy it. We have Fierce Fighters that, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of the sport. I always said I was a bigger, more of a fan than a fighter. And yeah, I'm a promoter and stuff too, but I'm still a big fan of a lot of these guys. We get a lot of guys that, you know, come up and fight from fight for fierce and then they go off and, you know, they're fighting it, uh, you know, they're fighting it tough enough or LFA or um, Bellator or even we have UFC, Chris Curtis, right? Like, I mean, we have, we have guys that have fought for us recently that are fighting in these other shows and I, I watch them all. And uh, you know, I, 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 I follow Ryder Newman, who you know, who fought for us. I follow, I follow these guys. Aleko Pointar is, uh, he's fought for us, and he's fighting in, uh, he's fighting in Louisiana coming up. Uh, Victor Lapari, he's fighting back home in Pennsylvania. They go to fight on to Fury. I mean, I watch these guys, so I watch all over the place. Um, I think we are on track. Can you say how big can we get? Um, I, I don't think this is just my humble opinion. Um, the UFC is always going to be the brand, especially here in the United States. I'm very interested to see one uh, FCs coming to Colorado this year. Um, I'm very, I'm very excited to see the waves that they cause in this country. I, I watch a lot of one. Uh, I, I love their stuff. Um, I don't know why, but it seems like Bellator's marketing is lacking. Um, but I think those three are pretty much untouchable, right? Like that, that's so, in some order, it'll always be those three um lfa and their connection with the ufc will always keep them high long story short i i i think we can be i i think we can be the top regional show in the west and one of the top three regional shows in the country in the next few years i think i, I don't think we're that far off actually in a lot of cases um there's a couple things that we need to upgrade and 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 do, but yeah. Uh, if you want me to be totally honest, I think Fierce could very well be a household name that we see on some big, big platforms, um, streaming wise, potentially even by the end of this year. Can you tell us just some of the pros and cons, what you've learned about yourself and what you've learned in this position? You talked about promotion and how it is a difficult job, but it also is your dream job. What are some of the pros and cons specifically that you have when it comes to what you do for Fierce? Um, so, I mean, I, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. 
and this is a business at the end of the day, I think that's one of the hardest things is, is, um, is removing uh, some of the business aspects from dealing with fighters and, and caring about the fighters as people. Um, I've had employees before where at the end of the day, business always came first. And if it, if the employees didn't like it, it was like tough, get out. But I have a real soft spot for a lot of these fighters that they're just trying, you know, and I know that they're trying and they want to make it. Um, you know, we, we, how do I want to say this? I've dealt with a fighter that this one just comes to mind because it's a little bit fresher. He just said, man, I want to fight and I want to fight for you guys so bad because I, I don't have the money to get my medicals done and I don't have the money to travel to Salt Lake City to fight. And I was like, how are you trying to pull out or whatever? And he, it was just like, he's like, he just adamantly and I just believed him. And it's just, yeah, it cost us a little bit extra money to keep him on a card and, and make that fight happen. But, you know, one, I wanted to give him a shot and see if he was really about it. But two, another soft pot was, yeah, it might cost us a few extra hundred bucks, but I can't do that to his opponent, you know, who's put in a full camp. That's some of like the, the hard stuff where it's like from a business aspect, probably should have just cut the fight off the card and said tough, you know? Yeah. It's that, that's the type of stuff. When I say the pros and cons, it's like, I, it, it's some of the, some of that stuff that, that's the type of stuff that I feel like is hard to deal with. Um, I think the pros have been, I really think that people understand um, how much I love the sport and that I'm trying to do what's best for the sport. I don't, and we're just, and the positive feedback that we're getting from people that say, Hey, I really hope to fight for fierce one day, or I really want to fight for fierce. And, and and things like that i i i it, it that i think that's the biggest pro is that i the feedback that we're getting constantly makes me know that we're we're going in the right direction which when you're building a business in any sense like that's always that's always a hard thing to to gauge is are we really like are are we heading in the right direction i think the pro is the satisfaction of just seeing these cards grow the crowds are growing show to show um, the buzz is growing more and more around Fierce. We've gone now to, we did seven cards last year. We're doing 11 this year. Um, I, I like building things in general. And I, I think we're building something really special here and watching the progress of the fighters, but also watching, you know, the Fierce team grow. You know, it was Cody forever. He brought me in. I brought my people in. We brought you in. We brought, um, we brought, you know, uh, we, we brought a whole team in now that it's like, I love our team. That's, that's been, that's been one of the best is watching the, the team form on the people that we know are all in. And then the people that maybe weren't all in, you know, let them go their own, their own path too. I, I kind of got the feeling and, and just, you can tell me if this is true or not. It seems like you as a promoter, it's fighters before everything. It's fighters are the main priority, making sure that they are taken care of happy and make sure that they enjoy their time fighting for you. And from what I've heard, it seems like every fighter comes back and says, this is the most professional regional show I've ever been on. This is one of the best, 
you know, opportunities I've ever had the, like been a part of. Is that something that you one, take pride in, but two are striving for? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I take a lot of pride in that. I mean, you know, I've had seven amateur fights and, um, uh, for steel fist and steel fist, they do a lot of things really well. And, but there, there are things where I said, you know, as a fighter, I wish this was different. Well, I have, I, I can control that now. So I can take the things that I see from their show. I can take things from other shows. I watch, watch all these shows. I can take things and I go, I like this about this show. We need to implement that with fierce. I have the power to do that now. Yeah. You know, as, you know, as long as, as long as uh, it's financially, you know, makes sense and, and stuff and it does makes it so we don't, you know, lose money. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have, I, 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 I do take pride in that. I I want fighters to, I, I want fighters to want to fight for us again. And I, I mean, I we've done how many shows now? I think I've I've done like ten shows. Is that how many I've done? I believe I this is my tenth show. I think this is my tenth show. Um, I you know I, uh, I I haven't heard a fighter say yet. I'll never come back and fight for Fierce again. Yeah. I, I do take pride in that. And I think that that, and it is, I mean, when me and Jason started our pod, started the damage plan podcast, like our little slogan was for the fighters. Like that's fighters. People don't understand. I do. I, I defend Dana White a lot. Um, Cause I, I, especially now I understand how hard his job is, but um, I mean, I probably don't understand how hard his job is on a micro level. I understand how hard his job is, um, but he uh, uh, there's there's just so much that people don't understand. But at the same time, too, like coming up as a fighter, I can't think really of a harder thing sport to decide to come up in as be a professional. I mean, usually when you make it to the big leagues, like you're financially set for at least years, if not your life. And the, even those UFC guys, like they're just scraping by, like my goal is to my, I mean, my goal in growing fierce is growing it to a show that we're known as the best paying regional show, not yeah. just yeah. take care of them, but like fight, be able to financially pay them too, so that we can, so that they can feel like it's a worthwhile investment financially for what they're going, going through. Yeah, you talk a little bit about you and Jason and kind of those early days of damage plan and, and everything that you guys did. And it, it really was like, I don't mean to use this as hyperbole. I truly believe this. It was legendary what you guys were able to put together uh, for those 200 plus episodes that you did. And that was the big thing was it was always about the fighters first. And just as someone who watched it, as someone who followed it, and as someone who's kind of, you know, taking over this. Uh, I, I do just applaud both of you. A, a little shout out to Jason. I'm sure he'll be listening to this. Jason has done so much for me, so much for Fierce and so much for all of us. Um, and so I, I just really appreciate both of you guys. So let's jump into some of those fighters. Let's jump into this card a little bit. Zach, when you look at this card, it is stacked top to bottom, 11 fights. I've got a handful that I personally am looking forward to, but this is about you. Talk to us a little bit about some of the fights that fly off the page for you. Um. The first one for me, I mean, I, I'm interested, you know, uh, I am very, gosh, we'll we go through the whole thing. Um, Isaac Allen is from Aguima and he's Andrew Mickelson's nephew or cousin, I believe. Um, so I'm, re I'm really interested to see that. 
uh, we've talked about, I think Nate Reinhardt probably had probably the best debut performance that didn't get a hand raise that I've ever seen. Ever. 100%. Um, and the kid that's coming up from Vegas to fight him, Edward Gastelum, is like all about fighting. And he's so excited to get a chance to fight. Finally, um, seems super gung ho. Like, I think that one's could be, I think that could be bonkers. Um, the, the first one, I mean, stands out Brendan Myers, Tony Garcia. Um, it's one of those fights that I don't want to see either of them lose. I really don't. I like both of them a ton. Like, when I, when we, when Tony came up and made his debut, uh, against one of my teammates, like, I became a huge fan of the kid and I really like Tony a lot. I really like Brendan a lot. I mean, they've, I mean, it's like, it's, that's, that's actually one of the hardest parts about matchmaking is sometimes you have to make fights that you don't want either of them to lose. And that sucks. That is a part of this job that I absolutely hate. Um, the Bethany Silva, Melody Schrock fight, I think could be one of the most interesting on the card. Bethany's O and O, but from everything I heard, she's an, just absolute monster. And Melody, Melody, Melody beat Nicole. I mean, I know MMA math doesn't work, but the way Emily, the way that Melody beat Nicole Fuga with a really slick armbar, armbar, right? It was an armbar from, yeah, from her back. She, from her back. And how good Nicole looked against Sasha Lopez and how good Sasha Lopez looked at her pro debut against a very experienced one. You, you know what I mean? And I'm like, how good is Melody? Yeah. And so it's like, I'm I'm very interested because everybody keeps telling me how good Bethany is. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, I'm sure she's very, very good. How good is Melody? It's like, that. I think that could be a, a very, very um very interesting very interesting I'll, I'll say this from an unbiased standpoint since i'm calling the fight but that to me is sneakily fight of the night right there that is i think one it is for me interesting too. matchups of the entire card i think for an o and o versus a one and oh i don't think people understand probably how, how good of a fight that's gonna be yeah i completely agree um i'm really high on brendan ferreira I have been since the first time I watched him fight. I think he's a phenomenal striker and he has a lot, a lot of upside. Um, I believe in the kid a lot and I like him. I also know that Dustin Jones is one of the, put on one of the best fights in fierce history and fierce two against a kid named Carson Anderson. who's actually a sponsor of this show with his tree cutting company. I mean, MMA world's so small, like it's so funny, but uh, they put on an absolute war down in price back at fierce two and for him to come back after what how many years is it like it's uh so it'll be six six seven six years? years that's why i mean that's 2016 i believe was fierce I two. Mean, that's that's gonna be i think that one could be just a stand-up just war that could be really really interesting and david kim his long his layoff John Smith just fought. It's John's super scrappy. David's, we all know his accolades and how good he is. Like, I, I think that's a really, really interesting fight. 
the the two of them are both just very creative on the feet. I'm really excited to see what where the fight goes. I think it can go anywhere. And John Smith has long enough of a career. David obviously has his pedigree. And so between the two of them, I think it's two of the highest IQs of the entire night. Those two guys are going to go and have a very, very high level, high IQ match, I think. And, I, and, I, and I'm just going to say this about John Smith. I do get messages from fighters more than people would think this is I'll fight anybody. I'll fight anybody. I'll fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. I'll do this. I'll do that. And John Smith said, I'll fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. Like after his last fight, as soon as he is healthy, he's like, just so you know, like I want to, I'd fight, he'd fight on every card if he could. And, um, and he's like, I'll fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. And when this, this opportunity came up, it was like, I'm in just, let me, let me, just, let me make sure I clear it with my coaches. Like, I I get, I'll fight anybody all the time. And then I give them somebody and they're like, well, actually, you know, that guy's pretty tough and uh, I need a full camp to fight somebody like that. Or, oh, actually, I got this rib injury. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, like, I get that all the time. And John Smith, I'll fight anybody, anytime, anywhere. I offered him that like a week later and he was like, yep. Let me just get the okay from my coaches. But yeah, I I'll, I want it. You know, like I I I love that. I people people like that, like John John Smith has a home with Fierce anytime he wants it. Now hats off to him taking the fight a little bit on short notice as well. Oh yeah, it's like two weeks. Yeah. What was it? Two weeks, three weeks, three weeks? Two and a half-ish weeks, and yeah. just 35 days removed from the day that he's gonna make that walk next week to his time fighting in Idaho, 35 days. I mean, that's a pretty quick turn. He's already asked me, he's like, can I fight in May? Can I fight back in, you know, in Idaho again in June? I was just like, one at a time. But yeah, I mean, I'll put him on any card he wants. If he's healthy, I'll put him on a card. I love it. A couple others that I'm really looking forward to, Nicole Funga versus Aaron. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I will make sure that I know how to pronounce that by the time that we roll the cameras on Saturday. Uh, I'll make sure to talk to her. But but I actually spoke to her uh, via Instagram. It's a very, very nice lady and has a lot yeah. of interesting, but very excited for her as well. Yeah, that, that Nicole, Nicole's, Nicole's tough. I think Nicole's doing some things the right way. I think she's taking a lot of hard fights young in her career. And... Um, She's not afraid to fight anybody. And I think not worrying about your record, but worrying about experience as an amateur is, and I know she's somebody that she's, she's expressed interest in wanting to go far in this sport. Um, She's not trying to pick and choose opponents, which I think is just, um, I think she's doing things the right way. So I give her hats off to that. Um, You know, Melody was Sasha Lopez is a debut hard Melody hard. Aaron, it's another tough matchup, and she believes in herself, and she's learning and growing every fight, and I, I, I think that's phenomenal for her. I'm going to say this. Nicole Funga is the RDA of Fierce Fighting Championship. You the toughest resume, the toughest road, but, man, she is getting some incredible experience early on in her days, and she's she's got another another tough, tough matchup here, Aaron is a uh, state champion wrestler over in Hawaii at Kamehameha High School. It's a very, very competitive state for for high school wrestling. And so I'm excited to see uh, what they both can bring to the table. Uh, On top of that, we've also got Molly Rahiman making her comeback after six years away. 2017 Fierce Fighting Championship 4 
was her last time in the cage against Mina Yushirawadi, who just fought Ludi Alves a couple of months ago. I'm excited for that one as well. Me too. I think that's going to be a stand-up war. And who doesn't like to watch two scrappy girls throw down? <laughs> Everybody. <laughs> They're, 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 they're very talented. And, and I was really impressed with Mina when she fought Ludi a couple months ago, despite the loss. Um, and, and so I'm interested to see how, how Molly is after that time away and, and all the things that she has kind of been through. And we'll talk about that on the broadcast a little bit more. Uh, but Mina looked as sharp as ever in her last fight. And I'm excited to see what she looks like once again, Robin Vaish versus Jose Mendez. That's another big one, Zach. I know I talked to Robin last week for the podcast Tell me a little bit about what you look forward to in this matchup. Well, Robin's like, I I mean, I'm sure he's heard it. I've heard it. Everybody's like, that's too young to go pro. Like, he's, he's too early. I've heard it. Well, here's the thing. We're going to find out real quick because Jose is what was one of the best. I think he was second in the West for uh, only behind Cole Faust for lightweights as an amateur. Um Jose fought for us twice. We've seen him in the fierce cage twice. Uh, put on a very impressive performance against Malachi Novosel, who I think Malachi is one of the toughest, grittiest dudes in the state. And Jose looked really good in that fight. We're going to find out real quick. And, I mean, who who am I to say that Robin shouldn't go pro? I, I That's not my job. Um, that's between him and his coaches. And for all the people, I people have messaged me, and I've said the same thing. Who who cares what anybody else thinks besides him and his coaches when he's ready to go pro? But he's he's he didn't as he said he'd fight anybody. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he called out Julian Ruiz if Julian wanted to come up to 155. And I'm like, that's kind of crazy, right? With Julian's experience and versus his, but the kid believes in himself. I know he trains hard. I know he's talented. And uh uh, I love that. I love the, the the guys that believe in themselves and wanted to bet on themselves. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll give you a fight. And uh, and I think this is gonna be. I I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a dog fight. To be honest, if I'm being totally honest, I I think it's gonna turn into an absolute dog fight. I do too. I mean, we yeah. saw Jose Mendez just a couple of, or actually almost now it was a year ago, June of last year. It's coming up uh, that he put on an incredible performance with Malachi Novosel. That was one of the best fights of 2022. And then on the flip side, you've got Robin Vaish. And the other day, I just saw a comment from Darian Orvin, one of his old uh, opponents. And he was saying yeah. that he's the toughest guy he's ever been in there with. Robin said early on in the podcast last week that he just didn't really feel challenged when he was on the amateur level. And so he feels like he is ready to make that jump up to pro. Uh, I also want to make sure that we talk a little bit about Derek Jorgensen versus Anthony Strickland Hicks. Talk to me a little bit about this matchup, what you're looking forward to in it. I just know that um, Strickland Hicks is one of the guys from warrior camp trains with Jose Mendez. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and they're they're excited about him. Derek Jorgensen, he took a really tough debut fight up a weight class at 155, probably should have been 145 or all along, and uh, got his jaw broken with a head kick. I mean, and he's ready to get right back in there and get right back to work. I think that talks a lot to who he is and his mental toughness. And I think that I mean, as amateurs, you see really quick, like when people loss or take a tough tough loss or whatever, how fast they get back in there. He's ready to get back in there pretty much as soon as he was healthy enough to put in a camp and, and get going again. So I, I'm excited for that fight. I think, I think that one two relative unknowns. Like we know, we just know that Derek's game 
And I know the type of camp that Anthony comes from that I expect him to be game as well. And then finally, we've got our main event. We've got Julian Ruiz versus Cody Heyman, a fight that was supposed to happen back in January on that stacked Fierce 23 card. It happens here in March at Clearfield High School. Talk to us a little bit about what you look forward to in this matchup. I personally cannot wait for it. It just needed to happen. Like, it, 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 that was kind of a funny one, too, because it was like Julian and his camp, like, wish Cody well, but we're like, no, what if he pulls out again? We don't want to fight him. And then Cody um, took a fight in another promotion, and then his opponent fell out. Well, in that whole time, I, I got told no by about five guys to Julian for this date. And three of them were 2-0 and o prospects as well. So it's like, I can't get anybody to say yes to this kid for whatever reason. It wasn't a money issue. I was offering him. I asked. I said, "What do you do? You need more money?" It's just no. This isn't the right fight. Fight for me right now. I'm like, you're an undefeated prospect. So is he. Like, I mean, they they just they just viewed it as a, as too risky of a fight. Circle back to Julian and said, "Hey man, nobody's saying yes to you, but." Cody took another fight. Well, he just lost his opponent and he's available again. And so he's just like, forget it. Let's run it. Hopefully he shows up this time. And I think Cody will. I, he was legitimately sick last time. Um, I don't, I don't question him one bit. Um, and I think, I think these are both these pro fights to end the night, this co-main and main event. I, I think will just going to have everybody nice and excited for April 21st. April 21st is absolutely stacked. We're actually going to be promoting that a lot on the broadcast. Cannot wait for it. Really quick, we've just got a couple of minutes here. If you could just throw out some names, some people to look forward to for that April card, and then some final thoughts on that March card, Zach. I'll give it over to you. Uh, this, yeah, I mean, this March card is just I, – I, it's going to be fun. Uh, I, I love the high school environment. Um, lights on, lights and fights. That's what Scott Bowler calls it, our, our head of our athletic commission. Uh, lights and fights. We just flip the lights on let the kids fight. Let, let the fighters fight. Um, and it's going to be awesome. Um, I'm so excited for April. We're going to see, we have a lot of names that have asked to be on that. I think we'll see, I think we'll see, uh, you know, uh, Kulu competing for a title. Uh, Vili Kulu, um, Andrew Mickelson will be back in there. Uh, Hannah Silva will be back defending her title. Andrew Boquette's back. He put on a great show and when, when he fought for us, um, and uh, and then some of the pros, uh, Zeke Law too. He's under contract. He's back, taking a step up in competition against a really tough guy. Trevor Bradshaw will be back in the fierce cage. Uh, Maddie Meacham will be back after she had such a fun fight um, in January. Uh, there's and then uh, we we're ironing out a main event or co-main event that I I think once they drop and contracts are signed, people are going to be very very excited about. Well, we cannot wait for it. He is Zach Partridge. Thank you so much for the time, the COO and matchmaker of Fierce Fighting Championship. Zach, we will see you on Friday. On Thanks. Saturday, actually. Well, we'll see you on Friday, too, because we got the wins. Friday wins. Yeah, we'll see you on Friday, man. Thank you so much for the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Blake. Appreciate all you're doing.